Trent Cotney and John Kenny are dedicated to helping the construction industry with legal business and safety challenges. Welcome to this week's episode of Law and Mortar. Hey, this is Trent Cotney. I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode of Law and Mortar. As always, I've got John Kenny. John, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Trent. It's good to be here again today. Um, the weather's uh, a lot nicer in our home area of Florida than I'm watching it in the rest of the country. So stay warm out there. I've seen some low temperatures that really make me uh, want to get under those covers and shiver myself. I, I know. I was uh, up in, in Chicago in the Pacific Northwest just a few weeks ago and uh, came back here and it was about 75 degrees. So it's a, <laughs> it, this is, it's always this time of year where I'm going, okay, this is why I'm in Florida. <laughs> yeah, we cannot complain. Uh, I yeah. saw up in Maine this weekend, anybody listening from the Maine area in New England, have, they expect wind chills of 60, 70, and I don't even have a record low of 90 below wind chill I heard on the Weather Channel this morning. That that rattles my mind. I can't even wow. imagine that. That's that's nuts. And, you know, well, actually, that's, that's actually a really good segue to something that I kind of want to open up with, and that's safety. You know, um, you and I have, have both, you know, dealt in the safety world. You obviously... Uh, and your role throughout various, you know, construction companies and, and, you know, guiding crew and things like that. My role more from the ocean defense side of things. Um, but, you know, this is always a great time of year, first quarter, to really evaluate your safety program. And, you know, if, if we've got safety directors or, or people like that that are listening to this, you know, clearly you guys are the experts. But for management and owners, you need to think about it holistically. And, you know, we've had just it's only been one month this year and we've had so many uh osha calls injuries fatalities just all kinds of stuff um a lot of it's related to cold weather you know we've had a lot of um cold weather incidents everything from you know hypothermia to frostbite to all these different types of things and the stuff that that kind of comes out of that whether it's recordable or reportable that kind of stuff um, and then, of course, you know, general fall protection, um, skylights, that's, that's one of those things I can't hit at home enough. You know, if, if you're working on any kind of project that's got a skylight, you do a specialized toolbox talk in advance, really make sure that you're safeguarding those areas, covering them, flagging them, doing whatever you got to do to prevent people from, from stepping on them or falling through them. But, um, John, you know, when you're talking to your consulting clients, um about safety what what kind of things are coming up i guess from the business perspective well the biggest thing is um you know you can't safety something you can't fake um what i what you know it has to really be an entrenched culture in your company uh, a lot of companies i mean let's look at really let's let's take a broad view first uh you're a roofing contractor any other contractor you you should have three basic mottos that you live and die by in the field versus safety because without safety nothing else really matters you have to have that then you got to have your quality you got to have quality of what your installs are and then finally production and a lot of companies think well you got to have production or nothing else matters no actually production will increase along with quality if you get that safety culture trained in and what that mean what i mean by that is you have to start from the top all the way down and it has to be uh, I'm not doing, you know, the field can't feel oh, I'm doing this. This is a pain. They got to understand that this is part of keeping them alive, keeping them profitable, 
keeping their jobs going, you know, and, and get this so they don't they look out for each other so everyone goes home safe at night. You brought up a good point, Trent, about uh, winter. Um, being in both uh, ends of the spectrum, you know, roofing both in the south and originally from the north, uh, you know, you do have to watch out for a few things. Why do accidents increase when it's cold? Because you lose feeling. You may have thick gloves on and not know when you're climbing or when you're grabbing. You lose, you know, frostbite hits quicker than you can realize in a lot of your extremities and you lose control. And one other thing is they do not drink enough in the winter. You actually can dehydrate faster in the winter months than you do in the summer because you're not drinking at all because it's cold out. So you got to keep all these things in mind. Cramps, somebody gets a cramp getting on a ladder because they're, they're dehydrated. They got a good chance of slipping and falling. So again, that's why you got to continue on with, with the culture. But, you know, I always... You've I've, I've written some articles and I know people have commented back good comments about world class safety culture and really what that means is you want to get that entrenched into your company from the top person all the way down to the brand new hire that safety really is what this company's about and you're going to be all right with it that way right and you know it's it's interesting you know not only is safety important obviously we all want our employees to go home safe and sound every night but um, the Biden administration has really started putting, um, you know, some teeth into OSHA enforcement. In fact, there's just a press release that that literally just came out while we were talking. <laughs> uh, the Department of Labor announced uh, that, that their enforcement guidance is going to change and they're really going to start targeting employers who put profit over safety. So one of those questions that an OSHA officer will ask your crew is, were you told to go faster? You know, is that why you didn't have a harness on? Or is that why you weren't tied off? Or is that why you didn't erect the scaffolding properly? Whatever, you know, because you had to meet a deadline. And and they load up those types of questions. In those instances, kind of what OSHA's saying, and I haven't had a chance to really digest everything just yet, but they are saying that they're going to look to, um, you know, citing employers for more willful type violations in the event that profit is put over safety. So um, you need to really be careful about that. I'm a big believer in not only, you know, engaging in safety training for your crew, but uh, allow them to un to understand what an OSHA inspection looks like. Take that anxiety away so they understand, you know, what it looks like, how, you know, always tell the truth, always cooperate, that kind of stuff. But know your rights as well, right? And I think that's that's sort of an important aspect that's often overlooked within construction companies. So stay tuned for more on that. I that literally John just came in my email. So I'm gonna digest that and you know, hopefully get some other stuff out on that. Yeah, but, that's you know. a great point, you It's not going away and it's not even just gonna be with the biting administration. It, it it's there's just too many accidents happening for whatever reasons. And one, I just want to take this last second. Thank you to all the companies out there that really put safety first and do the right thing. And we got to do better as that part of the industry, broadcasting out how well we do it and start to really push and weed out, you know, the bad apples that really just don't want to participate in doing the right thing, which is what creates all of these issues. Like you're talking about with a, you know, memorandum going out to start cracking down. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because safety, um, it, it permeates every aspect of, of a construction company, right? I mean, it's 
it's not just what you think about on on projects. It's, you know, safety related to your equipment, you know, and, and the things that you're using on a job site um, from a liability perspective. And, I, you know, I want our listeners to kind of pay attention to this because it's it's often overlooked. If you've got equipment on a job site, let's say it's a lull or a lift or a crane or a truck or anything, and you leave it there for subs to use or you leave it there unprotected so that other people can use it, um, you potentially have liability in the event that, you know, they cause harm to personal property. So one of the things you want to do is obviously safeguard your equipment to make sure others can't use it. If you're going to let them use it, then you need to do at least a couple of things. One, verify that they have uh, the requisite insurance and they've named you as additional insured. So you want to absolutely want to make sure that you're covered that way. The second thing is, is that you should have an equipment lease, right? That basically talks about you loaning the equipment to them, that they agree to identify you, they agree to notify you if there's any problems, all these types of things so that you've got some kind of written documentation that will hopefully protect you in the event that something goes wrong. Just just a few months ago, we had a, a client that uh, let one of their subs use a crane and the crane collapsed. OK, and then, of course, everybody's getting sued. The sub, the owner of the crane, uh, you know, everybody. So um, you really need to think about that. It is it's real easy to do. And you always want to do the, the right thing and be a nice guy. But at the end of the day, that could cause you a lot of heartache and a lot of problems. John, you ever experienced anything like that either in your yeah. days? contractor or we didn't have uh back, back a few years back we didn't have the uh knowledge or the wherewithal to have the release forms right on the job site but i highly recommend now you got to have them and it's a quick thing to sign somebody wants to borrow it the, some of the things we did we didn't have that is I, I would make a decision if i was out running the job that if you needed to use my lowell to lift something over around the building i would rather have my operator do it and take that 20 minutes out of my schedule to do that favor so that I would get a favor in return. But at least it was under my umbrella, right? Trained. We know we got everything right because it's a big risk. You don't you know who they're putting on. You don't know who they're going to run over. You don't know any of that. And, and you know, and you're just, it, it's kind of like uh, playing Russian roulette when you lend your stuff out without proper protection. Yeah, absolutely. So as we look on the horizon, you know, we I've got a, a few things on the travel itinerary. I, obviously, you and I are always doing webinars, but um, where's your next event, John? Well, I'm traveling in two weeks, uh, not too far to south part of Florida. I'm mm -hmm. going down to the uh, Roofing Contractors Association of Southwest Florida or South Florida. I'm sorry, on the East Coast. And I'm doing a presentation on uh, business, you know, running your roofing company financial okay. presentation. Um, and then after that, my next trip is the same place that uh, you're going out to the IRE. It's what, uh, three, four weeks away. Um, mm -hmm. and Kane, we've been talking about it for a while, but it's coming quick. Um, so at that one, I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to be speaking at the uh, uh, IRE, National Women in Roofing Day. And then at the very end of the show, I have a presentation on Thursday. Um, and then after that, I'll go one more month or one more trip out further than that. Um, uh, well, two. In uh, April, I'm doing, uh, for a local here in Polk County Roofers Association, doing a presentation. I love getting out to the organizations where you can pop in a car and you can make a, a trip and get there. And, you know, you kind of know the roofers locally. And then in May, I got an opportunity to go up to uh, St. John's in Canada. So shout out to the Canadian Roofing Contractors Association. I have never been to St. John's. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm doing two 
two business presentations there at their annual conference. So excited to be doing that. That's a that's a good gig, John. I may have to tag along on that one. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I tell you, you know, you, you list off some good ones uh, right there. South Florida group, strong group, you know, um, they one of the strongest groups in Florida and, and always good, good turnout, good attendance. And yeah, I'll be at IRE. In fact, I was just trying to get my, my swag together, getting ready to go. So, um, you know, I, I think that uh, then looking at the schedule, you and I are both equally busy traveling all over the place. Yeah. It seems like every other week there's something that's going on where we're traveling. Um, but uh I think we, we've covered a lot today, John, so I think it's that time. What do you think? Yeah, I think so, too. I'm looking forward to see what our question is today. All right. A little it's still backed up, but okay. I'm going to keep to the to the safety theme today. Um, this question is from Brian, and Brian's question is, how often do you think you should engage in anonymous safety audits of job sites? So I'll turn that over to you, John. So I think that is a fantastic question, and I, I will tell you um, it's a multi-part answer. Honestly, every time your foreman should be doing an anonymous safety check, your crew leader, every single day. He should be watching his own crew. That's an unannounced. It should be in there, right? Every time you have someone visit that job site, such as your superintendent, project manager, quality control, whatever that happens to be in your company, that should be an unannounced safety check as well. You're coming for another purpose, as they see, you're checking it. But now let's jump to the higher end of that question. Say, uh, you know, whatever, you're an operations manager or hire, or you're the owner of the company, and you're going out. Um, you know, take advantage of uh, these, you know, some nice drone inspections. When you got your people out there, you get some drones. Those you should be looking at weekly. Um, and I know you can't get there as an owner every week, but if you're an operations manager, you, I hate to say it, but the more you can do a check on your own safety, along with your production and everything, the better off it's going to be. And one advantage to being in the north is we had hills. One of the things I used to like to do was have a job site and have a higher hill area that I could go, take a ride up, pull over, walk, even if I had to walk in the woods a little bit to see the roof with binoculars. I always liked to see what was going on, and it was not to spy on the workers, it was to make sure everything is right safety. So the more you can do it, can you know, unconspicuously, whether it's with a drone and, you know, that, but let them know it's going to happen. Let them know that any time, any day, there could be a safety inspection, someone watching, eye in the sky type of deal, and they don't know. It's good for your crews to know that, to always be thinking about safety. So uh, hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's some some great points that you made. I I think the number of audits you do depends on your size and how many projects you're running, but you want to do at least one or two a month, you know, for sure, to, regardless yep. of how big you are. And here's the key thing is if you find problems, don't just discipline pursuant to your, you know, your safety manual, but retrain and have that documentation that shows you retrain so that if OSHA comes out, you can show it to them. So with that, John, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, as all right. Always, want to thank everybody. Really appreciate uh, all our loyal listeners. Uh, thank you for making us the number one construction law podcast out there. Uh, stay tuned next week for another episode of Law & Mortar. If you need me, you can reach me at uh, trent.codney at arlaw.com. John, how can I get you? Uh, give me at uh, jkenny at codneyconsulting.com. Great. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Take care now. <laughs>